Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Shine a Light on series. Today, we will be shining a light on how Fang is overrated with Stormy Jackson. Welcome, Stormy. Hello. Thank you for having me. Of course. Thanks for being here. Just to start off, do you mind telling us a little bit about who you are? Yeah. So I am currently a senior at the University of Southern California, majoring in design. And outside of school, I'm currently interning at Shopify as a product design intern. And over the summer, I was a product design intern at Lyft. Beautiful. Thank you. And just to dive into our topic today, for those who do not know, do you mind describing what FANG is and why we're chatting about it today? Yeah. So FANG is an acronym referring to the stocks of the five most popular and best performing technology companies. So that includes Facebook, Amazon, Apple, Netflix, and Google, or also Alphabet. And with those being the best performing, people have equated that to being the best places to work at because of all the benefits that you receive. And the reason why we're talking about it today is that FANG just happens to be everywhere. When you go on LinkedIn, you see tips about how to get into FANG or people posting that they got a return offer or you're getting an internship. I've gotten so many emails from different companies saying like, oh, we can train you so you can get a FANG job and we can teach you this so you can be at FANG. And I just see it everywhere. That's just the place for people to be at. Yeah, I definitely see it everywhere as well. Going a little bit deeper here, students oftentimes are really praised for interning or working at companies that are super well known. And I feel like especially fang companies, that's why we know the term, why we're talking about it today. <laughs> People think that they can have some amount of like clout if they have some brand recognition with where they're working. So what sort of impact do you think that this guarantee of praise if you work at one of these companies has on students when they're searching for a role? So one of the biggest things about working at one of these well-known companies is just the financial stability and ease of switching over to another larger company. When you work at a well-known company, you're easily making around six figures, which is a lot higher than the average household Mm -hmm. income in the US at least. And it's just very interesting for other people who are interested in applying to jobs because they'll a lot of people have student loan debt. And when you apply and get accepted into a company like Google, you can pay off your debt the first month right. you start working there. And you just have that financial freedom that you wouldn't get at other places. And so that's kind of like the big reel. And when you're working at a place like Google and you want to transfer over to Facebook, the barrier of entry is basically non-existent because once you work at a well-known company, you just get flooded with emails every day from recruiters saying like, please work here and work here and work there. And so you don't even have to go through the process of networking with other people because people are just at your door. And I think that's what people want. People want that brand recognition. People want to feel like they've made it, that they're well known and that they've, you know, all this work that they put into proving themselves has paid off. I agree. There are definitely a lot of perks on the surface, but why would you say that it's overrated? Why are we talking about it in that way today? The thing is with why it's overrated is so many people put all this value into Fang and other big tech companies and they're equating their self-worth to the acceptance of these companies and doing that just gets you her ultimately. It's kind of like if you are applying to college and you apply to the top five colleges in the world, when you're doing that, you're kind of leading yourself to disappointment because there is a chance that you'll get accepted to these colleges, but they have like an acceptance rate of like 10%. If you're not putting your eggs in other baskets, you're going to be broken. And 
I think a lot of people look at Fang as the ultimate goal, the ultimate dream and the best of the best. But there's a lot of other places out there that are doing exciting work and really interesting things that you can be a part of as well. And I think that's completely overlooked. There's so much value to these small, medium businesses as these startups that people can take part of and really make an impact there. Yes, I definitely agree that there are a lot of places that can be overlooked. You mentioned that Fang just seems sort of like the dream. That's what everyone wants to achieve. What do you think are some of the dangers of this essentially a herd mentality toward these companies? Yeah. So kind of like what I said before, you're putting your self-worth based off these companies. I feel like that's what a lot of people are doing. And that can really impact your mental health. When I was first starting out, I remember back junior year in high school, my ultimate goal or dream job was to work at Google. And I said, I'll keep working until I get to Google and I won't stop until I get there. And ultimately I applied and I got rejected. I didn't know what to do with myself. I was working at different startups at the time, but I was like, oh, the startup sucks because it's not Google. Like, even though I'm making a huge impact and the work that I'm doing gets pushed, you know, the week after and like thousands of people are using it. I'm like, well, it's not Google. So it's not cool. And so I've like overlooked all these really cool opportunities that I've had to really make an impact and opportunities I've had to grow as Mm -hmm. a designer and just kind of toss that to the side and say like, well, it's not Google, so it means nothing. But these companies do have value. They're making an impact on people's lives day to day. And it's really important to Mm -hmm. acknowledge that. That makes sense. And it sounds like a lot of other companies obviously are being overlooked with this focus on Fang. But besides the name and sort of the brand recognition, what are some things that you think are super important that students should consider as they look for a role post-grad? I think the top thing that people should look for is ultimately, are you interested in working at this company? Like besides name, do you like what the company does? Do you use the product? And if you're not using the product already, are you interested in using that product in the future? Because there's been times where I've applied to places that are like Bitcoin or like cybersecurity Mm -hmm. or things that I have no interest in or have any knowledge about, but I applied to them anyways, because I'm like, oh, this has a large brand recognition. And so this could help me out. But thinking ultimately, if I would be helpful in any way or feel happy in any way working there, I realized that I wouldn't be happy there. And so I've decided to look at companies that I find interesting companies that I want to be part of and companies that have products that I want to use if I'm not using them already. Yeah. Because I feel like when you have that empathy towards the company and you have that passion for the company, it makes you put your best foot forward and it makes you be able to make a bigger impact than you were if you worked at a company that you didn't even like. And another thing to consider is company culture or team fit and Basically, company culture is how a company carries themselves, like what their values are, their beliefs, their work-life balance, their personality. Because when you are at a job, I think the statistic or the number is people will spend one third of their life mm-hmm. working. And, you know, you're working at a place eight hours a day, five days a week. Sometimes you're spending more time with your coworkers than you are with your friends and family. So it's really important that you find a place where you feel welcome the place where you feel you belong and you feel like you can collaborate with other people instead of feeling afraid to collaborate or feeling afraid to reach out to people yes i absolutely love these two points that you brought up the first one about loving the product because i have had some opportunities with big recognizable name companies and i just was not passionate about the product And so I definitely agree with that because if you're working on that all day on something that you're not passionate about, then it's going to feel like a waste of time, in my opinion, at the end of the day. 
And I also love what you said about people. I agree with you. At, at some point, you will probably be spending more time with your coworkers than your family, especially if you're working full time. I agree with that. And to you, what does company culture mean exactly? I feel like going into interviews, I was told at least a lot of the time, hey, like ask about their company culture, figure that out. But what does that mean exactly? Yeah. So the big thing when it comes to company culture is that you want to figure out, do they believe the same things that you believe? Do they have the same perspective on what it means to have a healthy work-life balance? Do they have the same personality as you? Can you joke around with them or, you know, what can you do with them or what can't you do with them? So it's really important to have that alignment because that really makes a difference on your ability to work. Like I've had past experiences where I've worked at companies and I thought it would be, you know, fun and cool. And I was interested in the product, but I didn't really consider the culture fit. And there were times where I worked like every day from 9am to 9pm. And I was heavily encouraged to work on weekends, which is, you know, a really bad Mm -hmm. work-life balance for me. But other people on the team did that regularly. And they thought that was normal. They thought that was fine. They're like, oh, it's just only four extra hours on the weekend. (laughs) Like that's not a big deal. And I'm like, uh, 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 and I was just, I felt like stuck and overwhelmed. And I wish I took more time to really understand the company culture and the team fit. And I think when learning about a company's culture, when it comes to that, like you can't ask the interviewer at the time and say like, hey, what is it like working at this company? Because nine times out of 10, they're going to say like, oh, working here is great. And we have a great Mm -hmm. work-life balance and you can take unlimited paid time off. And we have like help if you have any mental health issues. And they really put their best foot forward and they will say that everything is great, but it can be completely different once you actually go there. So one of the things I recommend is using websites like Glassdoor, or you can check out apps like Blind, so you can see what other people are saying about the company and their experiences with it. And you can also go on LinkedIn and see the people who previously worked at the company and so you want to work at and say like, hey, you know, what did you like about this place? What didn't you like about this place? Why did you leave? Is there anything else I should know that, you know, this company isn't talking about? So you can get a different perspective because you probably won't get the full truth when you're talking mm-hmm. to the interviewer. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And a question I always like to ask to someone interviewing me, I will let them know about my passions or anything along those lines. Then I'll ask them what sort of employee resource groups or organizations that they have at their company that might align with my interests or my passions. I feel like that sometimes has revealed a lot about a company or what the person has to say is very interesting. Yeah, definitely. Because there's a lot of places that don't even have an employee resource group. There's just nothing there. But it sometimes it depends. Like if you're working at a startup and there's only 10 people, they don't really have the facilities to do so because it's just so small. But when it comes to larger companies, if they don't really have the resources available, then that's kind of like a red flag because you have a variety of people who are dealing with a variety of experiences. And it's really important for each group of people to feel welcome, to feel secure. And if there is a problem that comes up, that there's someone that they can talk to to address that. And if you don't have that, then it just makes your time at the company a lot more Mm -hmm. difficult. So these other options outside of Fang, which is really any other company in the world, why do you think these options are so easily overlooked? I think it's kind of the brand name. It's kind of like clothing. People associate value with this brand name. Like everyone wants Balenciaga, Michael Kors, and Coach and so on. When looking at those big name brands, they forget that you can also get something of similar quality, if not better, for a lot cheaper. 
and you can still, you know, be fancy, dress up and get everything that you want. It just might not be that particular brand, but it's still just as good. And so I think people look at it in that same way. Like people look at Facebook, Google, Apple, but then they overlook places like TikTok or Shopify or Lyft. And they don't realize that they can still have the benefits of a good pay, a good work-life balance, making an impact without having to stress out about getting into one of these top Mm. five companies. I think that it's possible. It's likely, I think, that external pressures play a big role here as well, because it just reminds me of choosing a major or a career path. I feel like a lot of students are like, oh, my, yeah. my parents really want me to do this. Or, you know, I know this would make my family proud if I study this. It's not necessarily what they're super interested in. And I feel like we're seeing that same issue with college students going into these big name companies simply for their name. I know it has a lot of perks, but I agree that there's a lot of other opportunities that maybe they didn't even test out and explore because of the name. Yeah, I think a big problem is kind of like with social media, especially with LinkedIn. Like you see people posting the same like job acceptances to these same companies. Like people don't really post like, oh, I got accepted to the startup. People are always saying I got into Salesforce. I got into Facebook. I got into like all these big name companies and they completely overlook the smaller ones that are making big waves that are in like Y Combinator or tech stars and doing really Mm -hmm. cool stuff. What are your thoughts on that sort of flexing on LinkedIn? Just because I've talked to people previously about that. So I'd love to hear your thoughts too. Yeah. So I think it's good to, you know, share your accomplishments, but I think it's also just as good to share when things haven't gone right, because I think everyone kind of wants to put their best foot forward and say like, oh, my life is perfect. Everything's great. You know, I applied here, automatically got accepted, whoop-dee-doo. But so many times, you don't just start off being great. Everyone starts from somewhere. For me, I didn't start off getting accepted to Lyft and to Shopify out of the blue. It took many years of trial and error. I applied to like hundreds and hundreds of jobs and didn't get accepted or I made it to the final round, didn't get in, or I applied and immediately got a rejection email. And uh, people kind of see the success, but people don't see all the troubles that you went to to get there. And I wish people on LinkedIn would share more about that. And I've been seeing a little bit more about that. People saying like, oh, I applied to this many jobs and I still haven't gotten anything yet, but I'm still optimistic and hopeful about the future. I think sharing that is helpful. I think that's really important because you can show other people say like, Hey, I was just where you were before. Like I wasn't always at the top. I started off just where you were and it took some time, but I fell, but I also got back up and I'm successful and happy where I'm at now. And if I could do it, then Mm -hmm. you can do it as well. Instead of just saying, I got here, uh, I didn't put in work. I was just, you know, just super smart and super talented because it usually isn't like that. People usually start a lot lower. Yes, I definitely agree. Yeah. I love that you brought that up. Sharing your failures essentially is, is just as powerful, I think, especially for a huge online community like LinkedIn. I love what you said earlier about how, well, I don't love, I think it's interesting what you said earlier about how people often <laughs> just share when they make it into these big companies because people, they know the name and they could recognize it easily. I agree with you. I don't see many people sharing, you know, when, when they join a startup, unless they're starting it themselves, of course, that they joined a startup or a small company that's lesser known. And I think that would be super impactful too. And not only sort of increasing the name recognition for these companies, but also empowering people who work at smaller or lesser known companies. So I love that point you made. Yeah, I definitely think that's important to share because like I said before, there's really cool startups doing really impactful things. And I wish something people would do is say, hey, you know, I joined the startup and this is what their mission is. These are the current projects that they're working on. And 
look at all the cool things that they've done in the past and all the things that they want to do in the future, I think that'll bring a lot more hype to that company. And it shows that startups are cool. Startups are fun. Startups are just as great as any mm-hmm. other company. Going back to Fang for a second, do you have any thoughts on people maybe listening in who love the idea of Fang and they're not really convinced that they should look anywhere else? I would say reach out to other people who are working at smaller companies and see what their experiences are. I think a lot of the time you'll probably hear the same thing as one of the benefits of working at a startup is that you get to wear a variety of hats and make a big impact. For instance, I was working at the startup called Playful and I was originally hired as a UI UX designer. In addition to that, I also got to work on making these marketing materials. And so I got to learn a lot more about like SEO and all kinds of stuff related to marketing that I didn't know before. And I realized how interesting it was because if I was working at a bigger name company, like when I work at Lyft or when I'm working at Shopify now, I'm specifically working just on product design. And that's not a bad thing, but sometimes you want to explore different options, especially when you're starting out and getting into your career. You're not sure if you want to go on one path or the other. I think startups are really appealing to people who are still trying to figure themselves out because you get to play around in different areas instead of just being fixed on one specific thing. Yeah. And I love that about startups too. And it seems like that would be most valuable coming out of college to be honest, not that I'm trying to convince any listeners to only join startups, but to have the opportunity to explore that much seems very valuable. Yeah, because I think when you're starting out in college, you have to make a really big decision of what you want to do for yes. the rest of your life. That's a lot of pressure. And I think startups take away from that pressure because you're like, oh, I got to do design, but I also got to do a little bit of programming. I got to do a bit of marketing. And so I can really figure out what I want to do with my life. And I think from there, if you tried a couple of startups and you're like, oh, I really like doing this, then maybe you can go and jump into another bigger company where you can really specialize in that one field. But I think especially when you're first starting out, it's good to play around a bit and figure out what you really like to do. Because when you take courses in something, that's a completely different experience than actually working in the field. So I've had people who are like, yes, this is what I want to do for my major. This is what I want to do for the rest of my life. And then they work in that and they're like, I'm miserable. I hate this. I want to do something completely different. So I think having that sort of experience helps you figure out what you like, what you don't like, and really what you mm-hmm. want to do in the future. Yeah, for sure. I do think larger fang-sized companies are taking a stab at this with rotational programs these days, but I agree that startups, you could be in marketing and maybe programming and design. You could hop around a lot if you would like to. Cool. Do you have any last words of wisdom for students as they identify their dream company? Yeah. So the biggest thing I would say is to network with people, talk to people who you find interesting, talk to people who you feel inspired by and get an understanding of their journey and understand what things went right for them, what things went wrong and ask if they have any words of advice that they like to share and also join communities. There's so many tech communities like TechPod, there's ADP List, there's Design Buddies. There's just so many communities that are starting to come out recently that you can join and really get different perspectives from other people to see what working in tech is really like, especially working in Fang. And I also would say to continue to educate yourself. For me, I'm on Medium every day reading about product design and reading about the tech industry so I can keep myself updated and make sure that I have the skills that are in demand. And I think if you continue to network, you're joining these communities, talking to other people, continuously educating yourself, 
I think you're well on your way to getting into FANG. And just also keep in mind that things take time. You're not going to wake up overnight and be at FANG. It's going to take time and effort and energy. But if you keep pushing, you will get there. Awesome. It was great to hear your perspective on this topic. Thank you so much again for chatting with me today, Stormy. Yeah, of course. Thank you for having me. Of course. To anyone tuning in, thank you for joining us. As always, at Opal, we shine brighter together. See you next time.